Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know we got in store today? Yeah, we just had a great interview with Blake Holmes, who runs Point on our Institute, and Todd Wagner, senior pastor. And we talked about the topic of encouragement and motivation. And that's something I think that marks this place yeah. uh, quite a bit. And uh, you know, a great tell would be that I sent an email out to the staff, and they kicked back 11 pages of ways that they had been encouraged uh, here. So we'll share that with you in a download afterwards. But uh, this just a, was a great conversation just for leaders to think about the value uh, of encouragement and maybe some practical ways on how to do so. Yeah, I think leaders, just be warned, as you uh, are listening to this specific episode, you're going to wish you had a pen in hand because it is full of so many great practical ideas. So hang out with us till the end of this episode, and we'll let you know how you can get a lot of these ideas in written form. So Check out this interview, and uh, we'll be back in a few moments with some closing thoughts. Today, we're going to talk about motivating uh, others, encouraging others. And so if we were business owners and we were selling widgets, uh, we'd probably be reading books and articles around engagement, which is kind of a uh, buzzword uh, for organizations now. But uh, we'd probably think about that in terms of encouraging uh, our our folks here, our teammates, and also just kind of motivating them. So, Todd, why don't we kick that off uh, with you? And how do you even think about motivating and encouraging others? Well, and this is uh, it's a fair question. I don't think of it just strictly in those terms. And, and it's I will say that's maybe one of those things that's it's innate to leadership for me a little bit. But um, I will say this. I know when I'm discouraged, and as a leader, what I don't want to do is discourage others. So I do read the room a lot, and I look around, and I go, hey, what's needed in this room right now in order to keep us running at the pace we need to run, doing the things we need to do, uh, excited to do it, and and wanting to and willing to do it better? So um, if you're a leader and you don't think about the condition of your troops, yeah. then you're not going to lead very long. You're going to find yourself on the wrong end of their bayonet. Um, <laughs> and so you don't want that. And, and, and so a huge part of leadership is uh, understanding what makes people tick and what will, I think, um, incentivize them to go. In fact, scripturally, right, it, motivation and encouragement might be two different things. Yeah. But, you know, biblically, we're told to encourage each other day after day, as long as it's called today. So we won't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, or we won't maybe even be reduced just to sloth or seeing something as just a job or a place I work because Jesus deserves so much more. And so, um, and well, frankly, anybody does, right? Because whatever you do, whether you're at a church or not, everything you do, you want to do heartily to the Lord. And so if you're doing something that's going to dampen or strangle somebody's heart, that's not the kind of leader that you want to be. That's good. That's good. Blake, you probably have on our staff, probably the most people report up to you. So you probably think about this topic a lot. What are your What are your thoughts on the, uh, on the top end? Well, here's the truth. Everybody... Um, needs encouragement, right? Everybody needs encouragement. And the reality is um, it's something that we don't think a lot about um, because most people, most of the time, we're thinking about only ourselves and we're not thinking about, hey, what can I do to offer a word of encouragement to this person today? Because we're largely thinking about our own insecurities and our tasks and to-do lists, and we don't stop and really think about what other people are doing. We're not others-centered as often as we need to be. Yeah, and, and what's funny is those people that do freely give out encouragement are some of our favorite people to be around. So we love being around the encouraging and the motivating person, but it is so hard. We just get get blinded by what's right in front of us uh, that we don't often do it as much as, we, as we'd like. John, how do you think about this? Because I think uh, if Blake's got the most, you at, maybe at times have had maybe the second most people reporting to you. So how, how do you think about this topic? Yeah, you know, I think um, if the mission matters and you want your folks 
fully engaged. You want them motivated. Uh, encouragement to me has always been one of the, uh, the primary ways to get there. And yep. so those, those, uh, who are encouraged are motivated and, um, and which is means they're bringing their best to, uh, to the mission. And so, uh, that's not something that comes like, um, in, in eight to me, that's something I have to kind of think about. And so Todd kind of walks into the room and goes, here's, here's what everybody needs right now at this moment. Here he goes. I, I probably thought about that the day before, yeah. and, uh, which is, which is totally fine. There's different ways uh, to lead. And so, uh, so I've thought about, you know, ahead of time, what people will need. And I think one of the things I've learned is it doesn't take a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, to really uh, encourage uh, people. And so one of my, uh, the favorite things we did this year, we were at staff retreat. And uh, I went, and this is just something someone can use. Take this. Uh, don't tell them where you got it. You look like a genius. Uh, we went to the dollar store and bought, I don't know, about 12 different items. And um, just what you would expect, toys at the dollar store. And I wrote everybody's name on a um, post-it note and said, hey, come by, grab a, a, a toy and a post-it note. And then I want you, to, when we get together, I want you to give an award uh, with this thing. So it might've been a slinky. It might've been, there was a toy ninja, I think. And so I, I can tell you the one I remember the most, obviously the one I gave, but it was uh, the one that I received. Yeah. And so um, one of my teammates grabbed this uh, little piece of, uh, there's a little, little container of Play-Doh. And he said, John, I'm giving you the Play-Doh award. And so he goes into the history of Play-Doh and it was actually used to pull wallpaper down. And so he said it was really? a, initially it was this is what it uh, what it did, but some guys figured out later there was a better use for that. And he goes that's what you do, brother. And you take things, you take disparate ideas and you weave them together and you make everything better. Well, you better believe when I got back to the office, you know, two days later, I'm looking for things I could improve upon, yeah. you know, and I'm just, I'm, I am motivated because of that encouragement. I saw that work uh, and others. So it doesn't take a lot. Uh, and I think Todd, when I think about people who actively and tangibly do that, I mean, you're, you're one of the best. And um, uh, I, one of the, one of the stories I remember, sorry to hog the microphone, we were at um, Dallas Seminary and no way you'll remember this, but we are in front of a classroom I don't even know what the class was. There's about 10 of us that were on staff there. And so in typical Todd Wagner fashion, he just turns to us and says, okay, guys, I want all of you um, to recruit this whole room to serve on your ministry. And, um, and so we all had to, No one, none of us knew it was coming. We all had to pitch this room of seminary students on why they should serve in our ministry just kind of as a, as an exercise. And, um, so I, you know, gave my best in the moment. I don't know, not sure how helpful it was. And I got back and later that day I was swinging by my, uh, my little mailbox and I looked in there, there was a note and it was a handwritten note from you. And it, you know, it wasn't really complicated, but, um, you know, it was taught, it was, you just said something like, John, that was uh, really, really compelling. If I was going to serve in a ministry, I'd want to serve in your ministry. I'm just so grateful for uh, the vision you have and the role you play. Thanks, Todd. You know, and man, I, I felt like I was, I had the most important job uh, in the church and I was absolutely motivated. Probably took you a minute and I can remember that. Do you remember doing that? I don't. In fact, this is a great statement because when we're talking about motivation and encouragement here, I think sometimes we think about extravagant things that stun people. And uh, one of the simplest ways that you can encourage people in a day of texting and email is a handwritten note. Amen. You know, and it's so funny because when you sit down and write a note, you go, man, they're not going to think much of this. And it's what's really funny about that is I always do when I get one. Yeah. So I don't know why we think that nobody else will, right? Yeah. But when somebody takes the time to sit down and write a note, um, it does mark you. And it's amazing to me sometimes uh, the notes that you see that people have on the refrigerator or they kept from somebody. 
And, um, and it should motivate us. The easiest way to encourage and to motivate people is to say, I noticed what you did. In fact, that's what the writer of the Hebrews said, right? Yeah. God is not so unkind as to forget. And so it, he, he notices what you're doing. We're seeing again and again and again, you know, the, the love which we have shown towards his name, uh, the scripture says. And so when we notice the love that somebody else is showing towards their job or towards Christ or towards whatever they're doing, it, it does motivate people like, okay, this isn't futile. Yeah. And it does help them not grow weary in doing good when we come behind each other like that. So a lot of motivation and encouragement is you've got to learn the people that you're leading. And so everybody's different. The book title out there, we're playing chess, not checkers, right? So not everybody is going to be motivated by the same things or encouraged. So not everybody's going to be motivated by the same things or encouraged by the same things. And so what are some ways, Blake, that you really try to get to know your team so that you can make sure that when you do motivate and encourage, it's personalized for them and you're not treating everybody the same way? Well, I'm going to give away a secret, but there's this wonder called Evernote, and I have learned to take advantage of Evernote to be observant of the teams, the people I lead, and I take note of their favorites. And so I'll give you an example. I've known for a long time that my friend Todd Wagner loves Mountain Dew. He loves Mountain Dew. Really? I've progressed to diet Mountain Dew. Yes. He, he corrected me the last time I bought Mountain Dew diet. for him to— There's maybe not a more disgusting drink than diet Mountain Dew, man. You're the one. I wonder, we wondered, why is that still on the it, shelf? It's uh, you. It's, it's, it's you. hard to find. It's hard to find. It's not either. It's everywhere when it's, you travel. Nobody so wants gross. to drink. I drink it when I drive. <laughs> I do. It's kind of my It's kind of my go-to travel road drink. Okay, so right, anyway, so you know to belabor this point longer, he loves diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. He loves peanut m no, I know that. I have seen that. Okay, <laughs> and so there's just some things that I know if Todd is there, what he really likes. Yeah. And so working with him and um, spending time with him, I just make little notes for the people who are on my team. What are their favorite kind of guilty pleasures. The, you have the, the 20 questions, right? Like you sent that to us on the Dallas leadership team said, guys, here's 20 questions that are everybody's favorites from uh, favorite restaurant, favorite, uh, favorite book, yeah, favorite candy, favorite, you know, drink that you like to order or whatever it is, you know, from the Sonic drink to the, you know, diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. And so just list. to take I, note on that, if you, you know, it's, it sounds funny, but when you show up and if you're hosting guys to dinner or something like that, yeah. and you have literally five different desserts that just says, hey, I thought about you, that's, it doesn't you're cost a yeah, lot of money. It just says, hey, I noticed. It yeah. just says I care. And it's so Well, you just simple. stumbled onto one of the keys to motivating is that is, and, and Adam, you asked the question, everybody's a little bit different. Yep. And what motivates people is that you notice them, you know, they're unique, and you don't treat them like um, just a, a part of the school of fish that are out there that indiscriminately will just chum for anything. Yeah. Is that you go, I thought about you <laughs> and uh, I, I specifically did this because I know you and care about you and you matter to me. There's nothing more motivating than that. I One of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, by Napoleon about Jesus. It, it, you know, I sometimes wonder if, if Napoleon actually said all this, but, you know, I haven't done all my latest and greatest scopes work on it. But, um, he talks about what ultimately motivates people about Jesus. And I, I'm going to read a piece of this quote yeah. because it's kind of funny what uh, Napoleon says. And he says, I'll tell you that Alexander, Caesar, and Charlemagne, myself, have founded great empires. But upon what do these creations of our genius depend? He says, upon force. Jesus, he, he says, is the greatest leader hmm. that ever lived. Jesus, it says, founded his empire upon love. And to this very day, millions will die for him. I think 
Napoleon says. I understand something of human nature. And I'll tell you, all these were men, and I am just a man, but no one else is like him. Jesus Christ was more than a man. I, watch this, have inspired multitudes with such an enthusiastic devotion that they would have died for me. But to do this, it was necessary. He said, I motivated men. But to do this, and this is what's so funny, he said, um, I had to be visibly present with them with my electric influence of my looks, my words, and my voice. <laughs> if I do so. Self-reporting. <laughs> say so if myself. I say so yeah. myself. <laughs> he said, when I saw men and I spoke to them, I lightened up the flame of self-devotion in their hearts. But Christ alone succeeded in raising the mind of men toward the unseen. And he says, uh, he did it with love. Mm. We, we conquered with force. Christ conquered. And really what he's saying is motivated, inspired men with love. And love is the greatest motivation. What Blake just shared with you, if you're listening, is all you got to do is take notice of people. Yeah. Um, every single employee at Watermark, when they come on staff, we have a form stack that they fill out that asks them these things. What's your favorite restaurant? Okay. Um, you know, what do you do for fun? If you could go anywhere on a vacation, just in case. You just, again, have one of those moments where you go, we're going to be extravagant. We want to know all this stuff because it's how we thank them at times. Um, and, and we're just not thoughtless. Sometimes, you know, at Christmas, if we give them a little something extra as an example, um, we, we won't just indiscriminately give them all a Chick-fil-A gift card. Right. Right? If their favorite restaurant is, you know, you know, plug in your favorite. If they like Cane's more than Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Right? Then we, we would do that, but that's not what we do at Christmas. But I'm giving just an example of of trying to figure out what people like. And so Blake does that personally. We do that corporately as a staff. And love is the greatest motivator. You can motivate people by fear, okay? But that's not going to stick. It's not going to last for long. Love is what ultimately captures and motivates men. I love it. I love it. Todd, I think about <clears throat> all the encouragement we do uh, around here. I, there's, I'd be curious in you guys which one stands out, which one moment um, stands out more than others. And for me, it's the five-year brand. Yeah. And uh, that is a really, really special moment for most of our uh, staff members. They look back and they can still tell you when they got their uh, five-year brand. And so one of the things we talked about walking in here is we want to- They got it like, five years after they started. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, uh, that's how they know. Yeah, that's right. Yes. That's right. But we, we talked about not just, you know, telling people they should motivate uh, their the folks on their team, but also showing them. And so, Todd, would you talk through that uh, that five-year brand? I think people could do something different, but it's, it's proven so effective for us. Okay, so what John's talking about here is that we did start to look. When we first started to grow as a staff, we realized that, hey, some of us have been here for a while. And um, we honestly didn't do this, I don't think, until like year eight or nine. And so we went back and caught up. But um, when we saw, hey, a lot of us, we're going to share our life together now. Many of us have been here for 19 <clears throat> years yeah. almost, um, you know, when, since the church started. But we, we, we thought about what could we do at, at a certain marker. And we felt like five years was a pretty significant marker um, that we could celebrate somebody in a way that would be memorable and we could give to them. And so we, we thought, okay, watermark. You know, in Texas, um, there's a little saying, if you work for a certain ranch, you kind of ride for the brand, right? So whether it's the Rockin' branch or the Lazy S or whatever it might be, you know, they make brands that would go in the cattle. And um, and so we made a brand. We Our, our logo, the Watermark logo, you see it on the podcast, yeah. uh, is a W with kind of that line going through it that shows one of the elements of what a Watermark is, a lasting impression. And so we had an actual guy make a brand, and we, we brand a piece of wood with it, and then that wood... Can, it's set there like almost a fireplace tool, but um, we we actually take the piece of wood now. We didn't do this initially. We just 
all kind of love bombarded them. But we, as our staff grew, one of the things I think has been amazing is we'll put that thing out and and let everybody know, hey, we're going to celebrate Adam or John or Blake. And everybody goes up there and they write down one word that describes that individual. Yeah. And then at our, you know, some significant staff times, I'll take it. And I'll read every one of those words and play off those words to just celebrate that person and let them know why we're so grateful to God that this is our co-laborer. And and John, I mean, you guys tell me every year that that turns out to be some of the most significant things we do. Because again, it's people intentionally saying, this is where you're unique. This is the brand, the mark you're leaving on us. And we're grateful to God for it. What I appreciate about it is it gets the focus off of you for an extended period of time. And it, it's that it's the most family I feel on staff. It's kind of like at Christmas when dad would make everybody open up their gifts one at a time and you had to like celebrate with your siblings while they open their gifts, you know, and do all that. It's a it's a moment like that, but it's not forced. It's uh, it feels really genuine to sit there and just go, you know, and we're not like every staff. We have a, we have a lot of people. And so for that moment to go, that's right. I do appreciate that person so much. And those are the right words. And uh, the words that then you share on top of that are so great. And it is so fun to watch our behind the scenes players get the loudest applause, you know, those that are not on the stage a lot. And so. Well, I can remember before the five year brand, something we did, I, we just got a little plastic jar that you could you know, you actually keep with a lid on it. And what we did is, let's say there was 15 of us on staff. We went around and I had everybody just fill out a piece of paper and write down. We said, hey, we're going to all write down words to describe Adam and put them in the jar. Yeah. Okay. And and then we did that, and then um, and then we kind of went around, and I, I just did that on day one, and nobody really knew what they were. So the next day we were together, we were away for a couple of days. I took them, and I just started reading one, and we all go, "Hey, who do we think this is?" Mm. Right? And it was really interesting as words started to be described, and everybody knew their one word, but maybe they used the same word with more than one person in some cases. And eventually it was really clear yeah. who it was that we were celebrating. And so, however you do it, what, taking time to celebrate one another, okay, is so important. Now, you can't do it so often that it loses its um, power, yes. right? But we definitely did it at that five-year mark. But there were lots of times that we got together to stop and say, hey, we love one another. Yeah. And we're grateful that we get to work here because people, man, I, 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 you know, my kind of, one of my life mission statements is I want to do God's bidding with people I love. Love it. You know, that's what motivates me is something that's eternally significant and doing it with people that um, are a gift to be with. Love it. I, it's so funny how the mind works. I'm, I'm right back in that room, Todd, when you did that exercise. And I remember Jim Wimberly, who has to be the oldest person on our staff, uh, got got that little, it was like a little box or yeah, jar of cards. I still have mine in my office somewhere. Yeah. And he, this is what I remember him saying. He goes, it probably he'd been on staff maybe four or five years at, at the time. And he goes, you know what? Just for that moment right there, five years was absolutely worth right. it. And I would do another five just for that one moment. I still remember him right. saying that. That's a man who'd seen and done a lot. Well, he was, a, he was a senior executive in a yeah. Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what's interesting about that is everybody who's received that five-year brand, when you walk into their office, it's prominently displayed in their office. Yeah. And uh, I think that does speak to the culture that was created that I've seen since I came here. And uh, Todd would put words to it. Hey, we don't want to be a here I am type of person. We want to be a, hey, there you are type of person where we recognize when we walk into the room, we recognize who's there and we seek to encourage. You know, it's the whole mentality we've talked about on the podcast before between being a host and being a guest. It's just being others centered. And that's where I think this is a subject that's worth talking about and reminding 
ourselves of the importance of this, because as Todd alluded to earlier, we keep those notes. Yep. We look at those five-year brands. Um, they mean a lot to us. And so um, it's not complicated, again, but sometimes it's just hard to do because we're yeah. busy and we don't think about it. Hey, church leaders, we'll be right back to this interview here in a second, but we want to take a moment and let you know about Watermark's Church Leaders Conference. It's happening April 2nd through 4th, 2019 here at Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, so it's a conference for anyone on a church staff or at a parachurch ministry or even lay volunteers, basically anybody that feels the weight of responsibility within the local church. These three days are meant to inspire you with all that God wants to do through His church and equip you to be a better leader wherever God has placed you on mission. So no matter your position, if you're a senior pastor, if you're a student leader, if you're in assimilation or operations, our goal is to help develop you into a more effective leader. Yeah, so this episode, we're talking about encouragement. And I think if you come, you will get to see the payoff of that leadership category. You'll see a staff that by and large uh, feels encouraged and does a good job encouraging others. I think you will leave uh, encouraged. We're going to have a ton of fun and we will have a lot of great food. Tickets are going fast. Learn more at churchleadersconference.com. So we talked a little bit here about some of these magnificent moments, trying to make the most of those uh, five years and um, maybe after other milestones in life or around on a staff. But then there's also just the, let's call them now the opposite end, like just the mundane. So uh, the only time we, or uh, it's not just when somebody gets to the five-year mark, that's not the only time we encourage them. Because <laughs> if if we just did it once every five years, I think we would have a very unmotivated staff. So how, how, John, do you incorporate some of this in just to your regular rhythm as well to make sure, okay, on my team, it can't just be these magnificent moments. I've also got to hear in the mundane, make sure that I'm encouraging them along the way. So it's really interesting. We, Adam, you know, you and I sent out this email to the staff and just said, hey, when have you felt encouraged is kind of in preparation for this. And so we've got 11 pages uh, that we will try to condense down and give share some good ideas. See, when you told me that, uh, you, you, you said right before we said that, that encouraged me. Oh. Yeah. Because it just made me go, wow. When sometimes you send an email, hey, does anybody have any thoughts? And it's kind of crickets, right? <laughs> and you're saying you shot this out, yeah. And you got 11 pages, not even to the full staff, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, here you want to grow. This is this is a fantastic quote. Um, this is one of the gals on staff. Before she gave some examples, she just wrote this. She goes, "You are crazy if you're leading a church slash team and not putting effort into this. I wouldn't want to work for you." <laughs> All right, <laughs> if you didn't do it. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah I like if that. You didn't do that. That's a, that's a strong quote. Uh, so, but one of the ones that came back, and I'd forgotten this. Uh, so we we're in a Dallas leadership team. And so it's just a meeting of, you know, at the time, maybe seven guys, call it that. And one of the gals uh, on our staff had just done a phenomenal job uh, around the area of front lines. And so we were sitting there and uh, one of the guys- Which said, is our just... greeting, welcoming ministry. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And someone said, why, why don't we just call her down and like, you know, uh, tell her that. And so I'll, she knows where we're meeting and you get this, she gets this text, hey, come down to the Dallas leadership team, you know, and you got to assume. That's like the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah. And she came in and uh, and everybody just looked her in the eye and talked about the value that she added uh, to what we did and how we noticed what she was doing. And we were grateful and she was making our church better. And she she fired back uh, with that uh, that bullet point and said, I still remember that. And it's still, and I asked her about it this morning. She said, it still motivates me to bring, yeah. uh, bring my best. She remembers just, one was, person specifically it, looked her in the yeah. eyes and said, thank yeah. you. But you know what's interesting? I'm, I'm, I'm looking over your shoulder, John. Yeah. I'm reading this right now. And she said this, and this gets to something I was going to say. She said, it wasn't in front of a big crowd, mm. but it was in front of the people that I respected. Mm. And it felt more like a special bonding moment 
than it did a public accolade, which Great. almost like, you know how a guy always stands up, I couldn't have done this without my wife. And, yeah. you know, after every big event, everybody kind of wants to go around and name everybody. And we just go, hey, you know, it, I hate to say it, but it loses its significance when yeah. you name everybody. And um, and so, I, I you know, one of the things that we did early on is um, our buddy John Cox, who used to work with me, we, we were talking about how to bless and motivate and help people because we realized that not everybody is going to be motivated the same. And, and, and something that was just there that I just read, John, that you had, it made me think of it. But, you know, once you take money off the table, which at a certain point, you know, loses its effectiveness to motivate. I, yeah. I, have you reached that point yet, guys? We're on church staff. <laughs> Still waiting. So, <laughs> so, so but money is always a good motivator for people on church Let's bring staff. bring up that subject. Right? Not, yeah. not the love of it. That, of course, is the root of all evil. <laughs> yeah. But just, just enough a little bit more to, you know, to actually, go to Cain's one night. Yeah, to go to Cain's. Maybe get the four-piece meal instead of the three. Yeah. So if you're working for a church, you know, probably money hasn't lost all of its motivation for most of the folks on staff, right? That's Especially good. guys with kids who want to bless their kids and do special things. But let's get beyond money just for a second, okay? So if you take money off the table, you got to start to look at what are some other things that you can do to motivate your staff? And and I, well, I don't want to cut off what you're doing here, but, but that one comment that I saw popped because – we made a little list, and John, John, and I actually, you know, was just talking to him recently, and, and just said, "Hey, remind me of some of the things we said," and 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 he reminded me that it's not just accolade, not just encourage me, said, but some people don't like to be encouraged in public, yeah, and some want it to be a more private accolade, right? It could be a note, or it could be just pulling him into the right group it means so much more than it does to say something in front of everybody, which sometimes honestly can feel trite or almost obligatory. Yep. And if you pull them aside to a small group, that that means more to them than actually just saying, I want to thank everybody here in front of the whole world. But I'll give you some other things. You know, some people are encouraged and what can motivate people is giving them just like a special assignment or an opportunity to, to work in a unique way outside of their normal job and say, hey, we've seen your, you know, your giftedness and your effectiveness, and we have a special assignment or an opportunity or need coming up. We think you're the, the man or the woman for the job. That motivates people. Um, I think a valuable thing that doesn't cost anything is giving somebody a seat at the table. What motivates some people is I don't want more money. I just want to be I want to be there when the decisions are made yeah. and, and things are being uh, processed. That is a way to motivate people is to give them access. Maybe you can't put them on there permanently, but just say, hey, during this season where we're working on this, we want you in the room because you're going to make it better. That is incredibly motivating. Uh, comp time. Little extra time off. Just yep. say, hey, tell you what we're gonna do. You know, it's not gonna be part of your vacation day, your personal leave. But I want you to take, you know, Tuesday and through Friday off or whatever it might be. Um, some people are motivated by just resources, giving them more resources to do their job. Yep. That's motivating to people. Yeah. And helping them. Some just do a learning opportunity. They might be motivated, like, I'm gonna send you to a conference, right? And maybe even say, take your wife. Yeah. That's a great way to motivate people. And and we've already mentioned like just being thoughtful about little things. It doesn't need to be big. But but those are some of the kinds of things that as we thought about how can we motivate our staff because we can't keep throwing money at everybody. Yes. We have a limited budget, but we had a lot of tools that we had access to that would help us encourage, motivate and uh Hopefully inspire our team. Yeah, when you mentioned the special tasks, it made me think, Blake, when you and I, back when we were leading the young adult ministry, which is now the porch, <laughs> so we are the foundation of that. I just want to make sure that's on there. Uh, but anyway, when you and I were leading state. the young adult ministry, we were on this retreat. You remember, we were down at this retreat. We were trying to set up this new strategy. We had to make a decision on, are we going to go for another two hours with this meeting, or are we going to go home? And I remember you, me, Jackie, which we weren't married at the time, Jay Rinky. I think Jen Chase, you pulled us in this back room 
and you said, let's get on our knees. Let's pray. We got to figure out what to do. We prayed and we said, we're not going to keep the meeting going. And you looked at me, you said, Adam, you go out there and talk to him. And I, I like, that put so much wind in my sails. I was like, man, he trusts me. Like, he wants me to go out there and talk to these people right now. And so, uh, Todd, when you mentioned that, that made me think of that story of just how motivating that was. Just little tasks. Sometimes give people something and they're like, they're all fired up about it. I think you also just consider the whole person, their likes, their interests, their experiences. I remember when you gave Ann Piper, Todd, tickets to the concert. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. Yeah, it was just and recently. how excited it, we did that she just cuz we liked the name of the band she liked. Yeah, what, Paul can and anybody the remember? Bones. Was it right? St. Paul, Paul and the Broken Bones. Broken Bones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. And <laughs> so, I just remember her excitement. And I remember the it, it was not just that she was going to go it, to this concert, but it communicated so much that you knew that about her yeah. and you allowed um her to go experience that and make a memory. And so it's just really thoughtful just when you consider the whole person to remember also uh, not just what are, do people like to do, but you think about their spouses, their kids. And Todd- Here's what I would tell you is what Blake was describing is one of the ways to motivate somebody is to care about people they care about. Yep. Yep. Okay. And uh, I, get, I, mean, I don't mind, I guess, sharing that. I mean, yeah. not every church staff can do it. But one of the things I know is if you give a guy, as an example, this is what happened. I said, hey, guys, I know if we give everybody on our staff a couple of thousand more dollars, if if we're at a place where we could do that, I know that they're going to replace the washer and dryer. I know that they're going to have to repair the the car, buy new tires, right? So I don't want to give them all more money. I mean, let's make sure they're, they're, they're cared for so they can do that. What what guys want to do is provide for their kids and do bless and bless their kids, and I, I we can't afford right most of us to send our kid to some of the camps that cost sometimes north of a thousand dollars for yeah. a week, and um and so I just said I want I want that to be something we do for our guys. I want to send their kids to camp to a Christian camp where they can have that experience. Where honestly, if you got five kids and we give you six thousand bucks, you you probably can't use that six thousand dollars send your kids to camp. But if we tell tell them. This we're we're gonna send your kids your, your kids to camp and you can't use it for anything else. Yeah. So that's what we do. We pay the tuition, mm. and it's a simple way to say we care about you. And the best way to care about you is to care for those that I know you love. So yeah, that's I I didn't mean to cut you off. I wasn't sure I wanted to share that because not everybody can maybe do that. Yeah. But what you can do is care for their family. Yeah, I've got something on the the opposite end of the spectrum. And so uh, one of the things I used to do with one of the teams they that had a lot of younger kids uh, as school would let out. Uh, I would get him a little $5 uh, Sonic gift card. And I'd go. write each kid a note and just say, hey, thank you so much for sharing you know, your mom or dad with uh, with me. And I know uh, you know, sometimes you'd rather have them um, than, than me. They're doing an amazing job. What they're doing matters. It's helping a lot of a lot of people. It's making this church better. And so you get a lot more time with them this summer. And I'm so excited. So man, go go uh, go grab a coke, you yeah. know, uh, on me. And uh, and those kids would see me. And, and of course, it was five bucks, but uh, it meant a lot to the to the folks um, on the team that I that I led. It meant a lot more than five dollars. Yeah. Well, the point in, in just in bringing that up though is just thinking about the whole person. If you really want to get to know somebody better, if you want to have them start talking. Right. Ask them about their kids. Ask them about their family and watch how much they talk and um, because they love their kids. They love their family. And um, 
I've seen just numerous examples of the way this church has encouraged and motivated families around here, guys on staff by simple things. Come up here before you go trick-or-treating, and then we're loading these little kids bags of candy. You know, (laughs) people are getting the king-size chocolate, and that's just such a little thing. But what it communicates is, and what allows me as a dad to communicate to my kids is, hey, you know what? Uh, Your church, they— your church loves you. The leaders on your the church you go to, they love us as a family. That's motivating, and it communicates a, a real appreciation. And It just helps at the home to have that shared sense of mission that's right. where the parents and the kids are all excited about where mom or dad works. And that's, uh, that's not always the case with a lot of jobs. Sometimes kids or families may feel like it's it's, hey, my parent is, uh, I'm battling them against that organization. And so the little things like that that we can do to go, hey, we love you, we're all on the same team, motivates everybody and encourages everybody. Let, let's switch gears here for one little second and talk about this aspect of motivating as well, because one of the things that Patrick Lencioni would talk about in his book, I think it's called The Secrets of Employee Engagement Now or something like that, it used to be called The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. He would talk about the aspect of relationship and how relationship is such a motivating factor, specifically the relationship between the employee and the boss, and just that you feel known by your leader. And so some of those little things, so we've talked about some gifts that you can do and handwritten notes and things like that, but let's also not uh, ignore the fact that just sometimes conversation, just sitting down for just a few minutes, getting to know people, just sharing what you did on the weekend, just friendship with the people that you're leading, that also can be really, really motivating. So how do you guys think about that? Yeah, it is a category that you have to be thinking about. If you're looking at your engine, it is a dial that you've got to, to monitor. And so as a leader, if you don't feel relationally connected, you need to do something about that today. Yeah. And so uh, last week, um, it had just for a lot of different reasons, it, it had been about you know eight, nine days since I had sat with uh, my team. And I saw the next day uh, that I had lunch available. And I said, "Guys, let's go get some tacos." And so I've got a, I've got a fanatic taco fanatic on my team, and I knew that that he would love that. And so uh, we went, and uh, he picked the place, and there was no other agenda. Uh, I think I sat down. And I said, "Hey, what what's like fun? What are you excited about right now or this year?" And uh, that was the whole lunch. Yeah. And uh, and I I got a I got an offer to go. I think with. Todd or some of the elders at another another lunch, and I was like, absolutely not. Like this is the most important place I can be is eating tacos with these people um, that are on my team who are bringing their best every day and just getting to know them and yeah. spend, spending time with them. Yeah, Blake, how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you an idea. Bobby Crotty, um, who leads our equipping ministry, what he does with his team time, he closes every week with what he calls the final word. Uh huh. And he goes around. He gets every person just a few minutes. He goes, "You get the final word. You can talk about whatever you want." And I mean, they talk about, you know, there might be somebody who talks about their favorite book. They may talk about what they did over the weekend. They may talk about something, a challenge in their marriage. Um, But it's just a way to get to know people. What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? And they have three or four minutes. They, and that's how they close their meetings each week. And it just opens up conversation. And you'd be surprised what that leads to. Yeah, and, uh, it lets you inside, doesn't it? I, yeah. And I, I know Bobby, and I bet you doesn't just end with them having the final word. I bet you he follows up. That's right. Hey, yeah. I listened to you. I've been praying for you. Uh, you know, you said that something come up with your family that you were thinking about, how'd it go? And uh, it gives you access. That will, when you listen to people, right? Uh, that, that's the double trouble of a fool. He's got a closed uh, mind and an open mouth, right? The fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. He's mm. always talking, never listening. And what we're talking about here, Adam, is the same thing. 
is the greatest motivator is love. Yeah. And we're talking about every one of these things comes back to that. Yeah. And it's what happens in the scripture when Paul was talking about why he does what he does. He said, if I'm beside myself, in other words, if I'm acting crazy, it's for God because, you know, I'll be a fool for Christ. But he said, if we're of sound mind, in other words, my life is marked by wisdom, it's for you. For the love of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, controls us, right? That one died for all, therefore all died in him. And so he died so that all who live now might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, in a sense, loved them so much that he would die for them and rise again on their behalf. Yeah, Leaders, if you are not, and people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, mm. and you need... If you're not motivating people by love, if you're motivating people simply by intimidation, fear, you're going to lose your job if you don't do this, you might have some people that do the work, but you're not going to have people that work the way that the Lord wants them to and that are probably going to work the way that they were created to work because love is the great motivator. And it's a challenge to me when I sit and listen and talk to you guys. I mean, this, John, that that, that 11 pages of notes, I mean, I, I need to know whatever I can know and should know in there and be reminded. And what's so crazy, and as a dad now, you guys, your kids are just a little bit behind mine. As a dad now, it's amazing what your kids remember. They don't, every now and then they'll talk about the big trip that your family went somewhere you say for, but it's the little things. It's that you picked me up from school. You took me for a snow cone, right? And so I will tell you as a boss, it's great when you can walk in and drop a nice bonus on somebody, but what people really remember okay, is the little things that you did. And that's why you need to sit down and pray, God, give me creativity, ingenuity. What are those little things? And it might just be as simple as following up to the final word. Yeah. That's what people remember. Yeah. You didn't just let me talk, you listened. That's good. That's good. Which, Great. which yeah. you think about the number of times we share prayer requests around here, just to take a note, right, of what somebody asks us to pray for. Hey, will you pray for this medical appointment, this meeting, this conversation, and then a week later to follow up, go, hey, how'd that go? It communicates that you care. And uh, it's such a simple thing to do, to really listen. Amen. Love it. Hey, Todd, let me just take, let me be like a devil's advocate. Okay, so someone's, someone's listening to this right now, they're driving around and they're going, you guys are church guys, you're pastors. And you're supposed to be about, you know, correct doctrine. You're supposed to be about uh, the Great Commission and about shepherding your people. And you're going to burn a whole episode talking about encouragement. Are you kidding me? Like, why? <laughs> well, because um, well, it's supposed to be our mark. I mean, not, encouragement isn't, by the way, always just positive. Um, you know, sometimes encouragement is is to, well, the word really means to strengthen the heart. That's what encouragement means. You come alongside and strengthen the heart. One of the ways to strengthen the heart is to, frankly, uh, cut away some of the fatty tissue around it mm. or to unclog it. And so encouragement isn't just always, you're awesome. Encouragement is we got a cholesterol problem. Yeah. All right. Let's make this thing healthy. And I'm going to love you enough again, because I'm going to give you a specific feedback. One of the rules we have, okay, because we do care about sound doctrine. Okay. And and doctrine lives in people and, and people that aren't living uh, sound lives it are, are people that need to be encouraged or motivated to live a, a more Christ-like life. And so one of the rules we have around here, this you, you want to demotivate people, tell them something on their job evaluation they haven't heard six times before their job evaluation. Yeah. Right? And so if you're not doing reviews of your people uh, on a regular basis and helping them figure out, hey, this is kind of uh, areas that I think you may need to shine in. These are areas you need to strengthen. You know, because again, it shows attentiveness to them. And it's because we care about people uh, being the full measure of what they should be, 
which is a product of sound doctrine and wise living, that we do encourage them. But that's not always just fluff and you're amazing. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, hey, I think this is limiting the functionality. You're right. The reason you can't run the five-minute mile you were designed to run is because there's some fatty tissue or there's some bad practices that I want to love you enough because I'm committed mm-hmm. to you. I, I would always tell my kids, and I knew it as a player, that when coaches quit coaching you, man, that's when you knew that's right. they were done. Mm-hmm. Right? If they didn't even if you weren't even worth their vocal cords and their spiked ire, then <laughs> then you were gonna probably be sitting there for a while. Yeah. And people were moving on looking for somebody else that can contribute. So one of the ways to motivate people is you keep investing in them because you're planning to be with them for a while. Yeah, John, I would just say that um, I think this conversation is important because it comes from right doctrine. You look at how Paul writes all of his letters, right? Ephesians 1 through 3, he's got sound doctrine. And then what does he say in 4 through 6? And now here's how you live it out. Ephesians 5, 1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That's good. So if you miss this, if you miss the um, priority of love, then um, then I think you have a wrong sound doctrine. That's good. John, wrap it up. Well, I, it was Juliana Jones. Who, that was the quote uh, where that quote came from. You're crazy if you're leading a church team and not putting effort into this. I wouldn't want to work for you. <laughs> and so it's just a great question. Hey, Juliana, she's a she is a firecracker, right. and you would uh, you'd be really blessed to have her on the on your team. And the question is, would she want to be on your team? Yeah, and would she feel encouraged? Would she feel noticed? Would she feel loved? And um, that that's a great question for a leader. And when you do that, and you and it takes time, it takes effort, it takes intentionality, and the mission gets it back. And then you create this culture that Todd's talking about. You just you're doing the Lord's bidding with the people that you love, and you create that uh, a lot of ways, but primarily through love and encouragement. And it should be a leadership category we're thinking about. Absolutely. Well, Todd Blake, thank you guys so much for jumping in here today. Always a blast having you guys in here with us. That was a really fun conversation. So as we talked about that episode, there was a lot of a lot of really great practical ideas. So we're going to have a download available for you that you can find in the show notes trying to get all those 11 pages and some of the other ideas that we talked about with Blake and with Todd all on one page for you. So check out the show notes to download that. If you found today's episode helpful, we'd love it if you shared this with somebody that you know or liked it on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments or topics you'd like for us to consider for future episodes, feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.